find your spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What's up, everybody? Deaver here alongside my co-host, Bush. What's up, Deves, Jimbo? Glad to be back. Yep, Bush mentioned as well. We got our producer, Jimbo, next to me. Uh, I would like to be uh, known as the Iron Chef now, so if you could please refer to me as Iron Chef Jim or Iron Chef Jimbo, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. We possibly have a cooking show on a... on the cusp here yeah. i don't know <laughs> honestly jim's been the best uh the best roommate best housewife uh these past couple of weeks every t- every night i get home from work five six o'clock the kid's either already been at the grill or he's prepped to head to the grill at our complex and uh what did we have tonight kebabs we had some yeah some sirloin kebabs with some onions and peppers and uh i mean ridiculous stuff down here. yes chef no yellow chef. rice oh yeah yes chef yeah no chef. Yes, chef. That I mean, that's how you have to refer to him if he's doing all this for you. I cooked two nights ago, and I, I usually like cooking. I'm like a fan of it. I was so nervous to prepare food for this guy because he takes such pride in his work, uh, which is just it's what you want to see out of him. If any of the listeners out there need a personal chef uh, and they uh, want to pay me, um, I'm all ears. <laughs> so just let me know. I'll cook you up some, some great breakfasts. He picks great Netflix movies, uh, cooks great breakfast, great dinner, and uh, pair some great wine with it as well. So I'm uh, anybody and easy. You know where to find me. Oh, yo, you just sold you. I'm in. I'm a buyer. I'm All a right. Buyer. Yep. I need to do my laundry, and then he's set for life. He'll be my personal yeah. assistant. If I could just say instead of, hey, Alexa, turn the light. Hey, Jim, Jeff, <laughs> turn the lights off. Turn the bedroom lights off. Yes, then you're set. Then he's hired. Yeah, I mean, then that's a no-brainer. So, uh, weird, weird week in the sports world. Uh, really weird week for us. Um, Going to be a different start to our podcast. Um, in our young history of being on air, never really had to speak on something like this before. Um, and if you followed our Instagram account this week, it's probably been a little quiet. Um, due to our team probably being, uh, I guess, you know, sh- shook, shaken up by mm-hmm. uh, the news and um, kind of just, just starting to, to come out of it. And uh, we'll talk about that, I guess, in a little bit. But um, as you all know, uh, Kobe Bryant has, uh, has passed away along with his, his daughter Gianna and several others in a helicopter crash in California uh, over the last weekend. And um, – it's really taken not only the sports world, not only basketball, um, or not only the country, but the world um, for a loop. Um, and I think each of us had our own little experience with him um, as a player and as a fan of the NBA. Um, some of us not so much and now realizing, um, but um, I'll give my comments in a sec. Bush, I mean, what do you just... Uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it rocked it rocked everybody's world. Uh, it was a prime example of, you know, something tragic happening and really proving how it can bring so many different walks of life together. Um, you know, Kobe was impactful not only in the NBA, in the country, in the surrounding countries, and all over the world. Um, you know, to say that there's not really much to say. Um, <laughs> 
you know, it, that's been the hard part is trying to figure out words to come up with to, to speak about it, which is why I haven't even tried. I've had a draft. I've had a draft post on the free parking Instagram account for four days for, for the three days that, you know, since his since his passing, I haven't been able to put it into text, um, especially for our brand, I guess, for for I'm speaking for eight people, you know, for all of us. When I put a post out like that, um, I've been able to kind of talk about it myself. And I guess I will now. I mean, what I've said so far is that um, I never really grew up an NBA fan. I didn't, you know, I, sad to say I didn't really get to watch him much. I didn't watch the NBA much when he was dominating the league. I, I wasn't, you know, a Kobe fan. I was always able to, you know, admire his work. But that wasn't my sport of choice growing up in the early, you know, the mid-2000s when, when he was so, so dominant. Um, but the kind of uh, creed and lifestyle that, that our group has lived by over this past couple of months prior to his passing, um, that's where it really shakes me. Um, not only, you know, because of, you know, the people impacted and, and the lives he's touched, but kind of his mantras and what the guy, what the guy stood for and what we all stand for here at free parking or what at least, you know, the core of us stand for. And, and that's, um, you know, the hard work, the effort, the hustle, um, the guy was a different breed, a total different breed that we'll probably never be able to eclipse, but we can aspire to be that. And that's what Kobe did. He, he inspired greatness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the content that we've seen over the past couple of days. Um, but, you know, my my stages of grief and, you know, it's crazy because even I saw Pat McAfee talk about it, too. Like, this is probably the first celebrity uh, singular celebrity type, you know, event passing tragic death where I've actually cried. Like I've cried real tears over his passing and I, I never met the guy, had no chance of meeting him, never knew him, never watched a lot of his stuff, especially never bought his gear, never wore his Jersey. Um, but it touched me to the point where, um, it, it just, it just rocked me. It, it just, beyond rocket. Yeah, Deves, I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. And you know, you look at the you look at Kobe and we didn't get to see Michael Jordan. He Michael Jordan was not our guy. Um and you know, a lot of people say LeBron James is our guy now, but who filled that void for X amount of years between the two of them but Kobe Bryant and mm -hmm. Shaquille O'Neal. And I'll never forget because basketball was one of the sports I played growing up. We'd have, you know, just throwing out names, listeners who won't know who these are, but you guys do. Brendan Whitfield, Connor Blessy, they were the two tallest kids, you know, in in my grade that I played basketball with, and they would be the Shacks. And all us other little guys running around were shooting up the ball. They'd call us Kobe's. And like that's what it was. Dude. It was like anytime you had a big guy and a little guy, it was Shaq and Kobe. And that's what we grew up on. Yeah. And um, dude, it was just it, it devastating, man. Cause and and Bryce FPP Bryce said it said it best and which resonated with me the most was every time that we would throw a piece of garbage or do the you know spin around fadeaway shot it throw, was throwing throw socks in your laundry and yes dude it was Kobe Kobe like every single time and like now I like I haven't done it in a while and like doing it I'm like why did I stop saying this? Like after I, he you said know. that he said that immediately after too. Like that was his first reply. He's like, I you always say it. Like you always say it. And now you see it, you know, which are they're great little um little tidbits across the country, like classrooms throwing in the trash cans or mm. or different basketball teams, you know, uh, at practice different videos saying Kobe again. But Bryce, that was the first thing that hit with him. He's like, now it means yeah. something different. Yeah. So Deves, I want to get into 
LeBron James and how you and I kind of really were able to to deal with the scenario because of him. Um, yeah. Me, me in particular, the most. I mean, you. I know you still, you know, are grieving and stuff. But for me, I was, I fully came around and I was totally fine when I heard the king, you know, say what he had to say. And the most important thing he said to me was, "I got us. Like I know what I have to do, and I'm going to do it." No, I totally, I totally agree. I kind of got chills you saying that because the entire time it was like Sunday, Monday, um, and I, I just, I needed to see his post. I needed to hear him speak, which we haven't yet at the time of this recording of the podcast. Like I needed to hear his reaction just because he was the guy that the torch was handed off to. Um, he's the guy that I've kind of admired on and off the court here in the in the past couple of years. Um, and he's the guy that I kind of needed to tell me it was going to be okay. And I knew that was super hard for him, right? I mean, the, the hardest thing he's probably ever done because he was so close to um, Kobe. I mean, a couple of the pictures I posted were of them playing for Team USA, um, which it seemed like he had such an, an admiration for playing for our country. Um, but when LeBron posted uh, and made his first comments, on Instagram, um, he's got us. And Justin yeah. and I broke out of the group chat and kind of went back and forth individually and said, it, "Dude, it's all right. He's mm-hmm. here. He, he's mm-hmm. got us. He's here for us." Yep. Um, and we kind of needed that. Truly, like our savior, our you know that kind of like he. I mean, he accepted a role in yes. which no other player no other athlete nor celebrity could have assumed other than him he accepted it fearlessly he accepted it two days after it happened and i could not feel better about it man i i I, like i said i texted you probably 50 times he's got us he's got us good we're gonna be okay yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's interesting i mean dealing with any any form of this and you know there's no time stamp there's no right or wrong way to do it for anybody whether how close or how far are you away from somebody who you know some group or and I can't even get into talking about um, his daughter, which we're seeing so much about here uh, just yet. But there's a couple of stages for me, and this is just kind of open mic talking. But, you know, it's the shock, right? Stage one is the shock. And, and out of all places, man, Jim and I on Sunday when we got the news um, immediately in the group chat, um, we were stepping on to a basketball court out of all places in the world. Like we don't play that often, maybe mm-hmm. once every so many weeks. We were lacing up to go shoot hoops on a Sunday. Um, it was a beautiful, you know, 70 degree, not cloud in the sky type day here in Florida. And that's mm-hmm. when we got that news. And him and I, Jim and I played back and forth for two hours and didn't even didn't have, really wor- hit us. didn't really hit us. Just couldn't even, you know, it couldn't even it strike didn't, us. Didn't sink in. Didn't, at all. didn't, didn't really sink in. It was, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And um, we played his game. Um, the second stage is just total, total grief, right? Total, total emotion. And, uh, we were both hit with that on Sunday night and into Monday. I mean, um, having the Grammys in his house at the Staples Center. I was at the Staples Center a couple weeks ago. I got to experience the Lakers for the first time in LA. Um, obviously with the torch pass to LeBron, I, I, I don't know. Seeing all the stories on Sunday night, just of how he lived his life kind of the energy that he brought, the determination to be the best in the world at whatever he did, whether it was be a basketball player or a father or a business person, that's where it kind of just struck me, right? Uh-huh. That was, you know, that the, that's who we, I wanted, I wanted to aspire to be somebody like, somebody like that, right? Uh-huh. Um, that 
Um, I've, I've written down a hundred quotes, probably I've, I've seen a hundred quotes probably that he said, um, over the past couple of days this week, I've had a couple on my, on my whiteboard actually at work. Um, one being, uh, inspire greatness. And that's a shortened version of one of his. And the other one being sleep at the end, not in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just had a lot of just, just a ton of those, of those mantras. And there's a million stories that came out. Um, but I think now I'm getting to that last stage of this kind of scenario, which is celebrating and just celebrating the life and the legacy that he's left behind, that he lived his life by, that he played the game by. Um, and you know, which he's paid for the future of NBA players, um, guys like us doing a podcast, um, people in general. So definitely. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on all steps and all phases that you mentioned. I'm there with you. There's uh, really not much more to be said. Um, we'll never, it'll never be beating a dead horse, but you know, you do, you do at one point, you just got to continue with that celebratory phase. You can always remember him, but remember him for the good, remember him for all the impact that he can have. And, uh, and we just move on from there. We take that, we learn from it. And we just move on. Two of the cool stories that like, just before we kind of, cause again, there's no amount of time. There's no, you know, you could talk about this forever. It's never beating a dead horse with, with this subject. Two mm-hmm. of the cool stories that kind of like ended on a light note of just like the kind of guy he was that I read over the past couple of days. One was with Allen Iverson, uh, you know, another son of Philadelphia um, in a different regard, you know, being our key player during that same period. And they had a bunch of epic battles together. Uh, AI came into the league uh, as a rookie and his first trip out to Los Angeles to visit Kobe um, and play the Lakers. Kobe took him out to dinner the night before. Um, after dinner, who knows where they went? They probably had you know an amazing time talking about competing and laughing and whatnot. But when they got back to the hotel, Kobe went to drop off AI. And he said, AI, what you up to later? And AI said, I'm about to go to the club with the guys. And Kobe said, really? Uh, oh, I'm about to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. He got done at dinner with AI, and he was mm-hmm. going to go shoot hoops the night before a game at who knows what time, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. was going to go hit the gym more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a cool that – was, that was a story where, you know, he was able to have those relationships and kind of, you know, impact other players. But at the same time, he had that mama mentality of there was, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was, he was working all the time. Yeah. I, uh, so I've been listening to a lot of sports radio. Uh, I'm 97 five is one of my favorite stations to just tune into while I'm driving. And, all these callers of all these people from when Kobe was in high school, the coaches of the local high schools in the area and everything real quick, wait to hear how funny this mm-hmm. one is. So I believe it was Radnor high school. The head coach had uh, a tournament going on uh, at another high school, but he said that there was another, you know, there was another court in the local area where um, he heard this kid, Kobe Bryant was playing. Right. So he's like, all right, screw it. Like, I'll just go stop by. Like, might as well check it out. Says he walks in, has to pay like 15 bucks to get into the arena. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, what is going on here? So he gets in, whatever. He's all good. The arena starts packing in. He said the energy, the vibes in that arena were just unreal. Right. So just turns out Kobe Bryant was taking the SATs or some kind of tests at another place. Wasn't even there. Right. Game tips off. He sees this kid come in, shorts, basketball shoes on, black leather jacket, big black aviators on, walks in, <laughs> goes to the bench, doesn't say a word to the coaches, doesn't say a word to any of the teammates, takes his coat off, folds his coat, takes his shades off, folds his shades real nice, walks over to the desk, checks in, gets the ball. This is the crazy part. 
this guy, this coach was describing what happened on the court. He's it sounded fake, but this is what he said happened. I believe it. The four players, the other four players on the court on Kobe's team, ran to the baseline and left the defense all to play Kobe one on one. Kobe dribbles up the lane, slam dunks it. First play, didn't say a word to the coach. All he did was just show up, checked in, went to the game, one v five, dunks it. The team goes off to the other end. Dude, when I heard that, I was like. I was like cracking up and like, there's no way this is true. And the guy was like, dude, it was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. And it was, it was just an unreal story, man. See, but stories like that is where it leads me to like to, you know, his one quote, inspire greatness. And like that, everybody has the ability, even though like he had some God given talent to do things like that. Everybody kind of has that ability to, to do things, right. Whether it's in work or athletics or that extra rep at the gym and like just stories like that, dude. We, when we played on Sunday, Jim and I checked up one-on-one. And I don't even know if I told Jim this. We checked up one-on-one mm-hmm. uh, after shooting around for a little bit. We played once. We played to 11. And I beat Jim 11 to 10. And, like, I sh- I sh- I'm, I'm taller than Jim. Like, I, in a one-on-one game, like, I like basketball. I play basketball more than Jim. I, I should be beating him more than that. And after we went back, I beat him by one point. We went back. We sat on our phones. I read a little bit more about, you know, what happened um, and kind of had this, like, I don't know, this weird like snap in my head. I'm dead serious of like, why why am I playing the game not to like my best ability? Why am I not playing like he would have played in it? I, again, I'm an amateur basketball player on a, on a street court in Pinellas County, Florida. But I went and played Jim the next game and, and I checked up with Jim. And do you remember what I said to you? I said, I'm going to bully you. Yes. I said, I'm going to bully you. You played his game. I said, size. I said, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to bully you. There was no reason I shouldn't beat him by more than, you know, but, and I, I, what, I, I shut, yeah, shut me out. I Seven shut him out. out. Seven, nothing. Shut him out. Because I like went to live to like, I went to play to my potential, no less than greatness. And it's so simple. It's so stupid because I'm, you know, a, a has been amateur basketball player. That's on again, a street court in South Florida. But at the same time, like that, that can be passed along to anything you do in life, right. whether that's, getting up in the morning and you and I talk about this, this is one of our quotes like this is this is, this is literally my quote whether you're a garbage man or a rocket scientist it doesn't matter you do the best job you could do every just, single time every single time whether you're getting up to take a piss in the middle of the night or you're going to work and you know you're you're running a multi-million dollar company or you're playing your buddy one-on-one at basketball you do the best you can possibly do mm-hmm. and the message that I'm taking from this and the celebratory stage that I'm in this and what I'm going to take from this situation and learning more about the life and the effort of Kobe Bryant is, is that, and uh, I hope you guys picked up something from it too. So I think with that, um, let's get into the Super Bowl, bro. Let's get into the Super Kobe Bowl. Kobe would want us to talk about on, it's, uh, it's the, the Super Bowl, Bowl week yeah. and we have, <laughs> let's switch gears here quick. Uh, yeah, dude, in Miami, it's, it's a couple hours away. Um, Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, dude. I am fired up. I uh, go big red, baby. Big, big red, red. Right? Jimbo, you there with me? Yeah. You in there? Gunning for him. I kind of like the Super Bowl, man, because I have reasons to root for both teams. Like, I don't – it's it's one of those, like, fun Super Bowls for me, right? Like, it's not yeah. – you know, this is a fun a, ball, dude. looking for a good game. Yeah, it's, I'm it's looking for a good game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know – I have nothing against Patrick Mahomes. I have nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo. I want them both to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Kyle Shanahan is a cool ass young coach. Andy Reid is a cool ass old, old coach, coach who deserves to get one. So if yeah. this is his last ride, he better get one. But if the 49ers win, uh, I'm going to be thrilled too. You know, there's there's a bunch of good guys on both teams. Yeah, both teams are obviously absolute ballers with the Kansas City Chiefs being one of the best offenses in the league, poising up against San Francisco 49ers, who've been one of the best defenses in the league. We all know how that happened in uh, Super Bowl 50, my friend. Think back to that one real quick yeah. for me. And uh, what we're talking, uh, defense wins championships? Yeah, huh? Denver Broncos taking out the red-hot Carolina Panthers. Shout out Brandon Hammonds. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till he hears that tidbit there. Yep. Dude, um, I, uh, I'm all aboard on the Kansas City Chiefs train. Uh, dude, I completely forgot how good the Niners' defense was. What were they, number two behind the Patriots or something like that? I mean, that was in the beginning of the year. I mean, they're, they're ridiculous. Their front four is fantastic. Richard Sherman's playing his, um, you know, his A off. Um, they're, we're poised for a great game. I mean, we're going to have excellent It's going to be here. such a good game, dude. Dude, we, we need it after. I mean, last year's game was cheeks it's always a good game right it's the super bowl it was technical i was a fan of that when it happened but it wasn't flashy it wasn't fun it wasn't like it's not the 41 to 33 game right like that's, right that's there's no you know, no theatrics you want to see uh you know you want to see james harrison return to 92 yards for a touchdown like things like that crazy stuff yeah um steves, steves the uh one thing i've been thinking about here is what you just said the shanahan being a young coach going up against the old coach it is literally a repeat age wise, basically um, of last year. Of last year. Yeah. So let's, uh, I don't want to say this because I don't know if it's true or not. However, I think we're going to find out who the best, who the better young coach is in the uh, NFC West, um, whether it is Shanahan or whether it is uh, Sean McVay. Um, because if, uh, well, all right, here you go. If you look at it, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, right? Yep. yep. Their offspring, offspring is Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Lions. The, um, I mean, dude, like all over the league is like offspring of their sure. coaching staff. Their coaching tree. It's called a coaching, coaching tree. tree. Yeah. Yeah. Their coaching tree. So I, dude, I honestly kind of forget where I was going with it, but like, I, I don't know, man. We'll see if Belichick is, is better is better than Sean is uh, better than Andy Reid, dude. I'm fucking lost where I'm going with that. But I, dude, I'm so lost. I'm just, but, uh, but I'm just I'm excited. excited. Super Bowl, and yeah. we're gonna see you know two good young quarterbacks with a ton of yeah. promise going up against each other. We're gonna see two teams that haven't won one in a long time play against each other. We're gonna see a coach that's never won one, another coach that's never won one, and uh, two storied franchises in the Super Bowl together that we haven't seen in a bit. So, yes, it's exciting. It's refreshing. Uh, and we're amped up for it. Honestly, I don't even want to talk about it, but we had some ideas of going. I'm having a little you got, bit. Yeah, I mean, you got to go. I'm having a little bit of regret. But the exciting news, stay cool with us because next year, the Super Bowl will be here in Tampa, Florida. Oh, my God. 20 minutes from my house. Oh, boy. We're, we're in trouble. So Miami's a little bit of trip away. Jimbo's got the weekend job. But but Tampa Bay is a lock because housing's already secured. Wait, where's the Super Bowl? Wait, you said it's an hour away? 
No, 20 minutes away. It's in Tampa. Oh, I thought Jim said an hour away. I was like, where? <laughs> no, it's 20 minutes away. It's like right by the airport. It's like right our here. house, I said. Our house. Oh, our house. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, dude, that's going to be so sick. Raymond James Stadium. Oh, my goodness, dude. Back-to-back Florida Super Bowls. Kind of strange. Also, uh, quick little shout-out. Uh, the logos are lame, and we need to get better logos again, like back in the day. Yeah, what do they do? Every four, every five years, they they switch up the logos because the Super Bowl 50 to 50 right had now. The, had the Lombardi trophy, right? And then now yeah. they have the the uh, the Roman numerals. Uh-huh. Dude, the um the Samp the the Tampa Bay Sports uh, the the Super Bowl committee, right? You know how each city or state has a committee that kind of like puts it all together. First off, they're building a ton of infrastructure down here. I don't know if like people really realize what it requires to have a Super Bowl to host a Super Bowl, but not every city can do it. Like if you're wondering why, um, you know, it's Philly. Like you're wondering why they haven't had one, and it's not because of the cold weather. It is because of the cold weather, and and you know the elements. I mean, MetLife did it. It's the infrastructure that goes into it. There's so many different requirements that you need to meet criteria that you need to meet to host a Super Bowl, and every year those standards change. So right here, where we live, twelve months from now will be the Super Bowl. They're building a ton of infrastructure just for that event. Like it's an entire economic impact that this one game has on an entire city. They're building highways they're building hotels they're building restaurants and infrastructure to to kind of support this so i guess what i'm getting at is um it's a big undertaking to to kind of host one of these and that's why we only see it in those i don't know marquee you know like atlanta already kind of has that all built in Mm -hmm. um minnesota has a ton of space uh yeah and 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 they were able to build up to get there you know during their stadium project probably mm-hmm. uh, eventually we'll see it probably out in LA at that new stadium um oh. because it's a it's a brand new project in one of the biggest cities in America so anyway uh, I guess what we're getting at we're not making it to Super Bowl this year next year FVP is a I'm going to go out on a limb here not really it's a lock it's a lock yeah we're, I'm I'm I'm, I'm honestly I'm honestly it's a lock that we're there in presence it's also a lock that I'm at the game. Like I'm going to the game next year. Yeah. I'm getting tickets to go to the game next year. Yeah. I mean, lock. dude, you start, you start saving now. I mean, you're going to be more than fine for a Damn ticket. It, dude, you know us, you know, Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but you still got to pay. Tickets still you still get. pay. These aren't free tickets, but yeah, we got connections. Yeah. Yeah. That that's going to be sick, dude. Can't wait. So, for that. Keep it on the football talk. Uh, we'll recap Super Bowl, Obviously next episode. Uh, what's your prediction? Give me your prediction. Uh, defense wins. Defense wins championships. However, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are something special, man. Um, I'm gonna go. Chiefs run the score up. Really big, big dude. Forty-two. Thirty-five. Wow. I'm going to, and this is this is live reaction. I really haven't picked a team yet. Uh, I am going to go. Kansas City Chiefs in a come-from-behind victory after the Niners lead a lot of the game, 33-30. Wow. That's I have tough. no idea how that score works out, but 33-30. Like, come from behind, they they make a last push two minutes. And I, I say similar to the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl, uh, Niners get a chance and they can't finish. Wow. That's, that's, a, tight, that's a good game, dude. That's a great Jimbo. game. That's what I'm rooting for. I, I bet my heart I'm rooting for. Yeah. That. Jimbo, I feel like you got something up your sleeve here, man. I'm you rolled, you rolled him up. So, what would you say? 
You rolled your sleeves up, so I feel like you got something up them. Uh, I mean, it's nothing shocking. I'm going to stick with the Chiefs, but um, 20... I want to. I want to say Niners. That's why I said cover behind. Jim can talk, but like I really wanted to say, like I really think the Niners, dude. It's a good. It's going to be a good game. Go ahead. It's. Uh, it could go either way. It like either you, way. you get a blowout, or you get a get a really close game. I'm going to go 27-23 Chiefs. Back and that forth. That sounds miserable, dude. Back and forth, down to the wire. Not as bad as what thirteen and nine. What was the game? What was the game last? Yeah, dude. Last last year, blue. He scored three points. Did they only have three points? I had a couple too many Bud Lights at that point because I needed to have fun somehow that night. <laughs> I think weren't we together for that? Where was I? I honestly don't remember where I watched. Yeah, like, I, was I don't. Watching, I don't I either. Don't I don't either. Were we together? Thirteen to three. That was the final score. Ass. Dude. That's a terrible Super Bowl. How did how is that not being talked about? How awful that was. <laughs> it wasn't though, dude. One of the biggest uh, one of the biggest supporters of that Super Bowl, I think, was uh, I remember listening afterwards to ESPN Radio was Trey Wingo. He's like, if you complain about that type of game, I mean, it's 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 just the way the game gets played, like a defensive battle. Um, do I root for that? Do I want it to happen? No, but uh, any good game is a good game. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's the two best teams against each other. So anyway, moving on, um, a little couple a couple of other NFL tidbits I want to talk about. Um, even though the season is is just about it, we're going to get every lick of it in that we can. Uh, some quarterback news, some big quarterback news. We got for me the draft class of what two thousand and three. Eli, Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger. Only one remains. No. Rivers is gone. No, yeah, he's going to get picked up. Are you kidding me? Dude. <laughs> so, uh, big news. Eli Manning has retired, uh, kind of what we all thought. Uh, a little birdie told me that he wasn't going to play another game this year for the Giants when he got taken out week, what, two or three. And uh, he, he really wasn't going to until Daniel Jones got hurt. Um, Eli comes back in. He gets his last ride out of MetLife uh, and the Meadowlands. Um, Bush, thoughts on on Eli and his career, his illustrious co- career. I mean, like, <laughs> dude, like, I honestly couldn't couldn't be more of just a blip on the radar for me. Like, as a Eagles fan, as a major Patriots fan, like, I just this guy was just so irrelevant to me. I I never really like like he was just we were cordial. We were a cordial relationship. We we didn't really like each other. We didn't really dislike each other. I tow Eli as a so oh so slightly above average quarterback. Above yeah. average, nonetheless, but an above average quarterback. Like you look at his his throw statistics out the window, which I don't know if we're that great. But his his playoff and season endings, right? The ends to his season were um, two Super Bowls, and then the rest of his you know however many teen career were. Missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, first round exit, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs. So so what I like to look at, I mean, throw the stats out the window, but if you take a look at his, you know, the, the ends to his seasons, other than the two Super Bowls, right, where they, you know, obviously swept the entire playoffs from the wild card to beat the Patriots both times, uh, you have, you know, wild card loss, wild card loss, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, lost in the divisional round, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, lost, lost. There's not much there. There's not much AFC champion or sorry, NFC championship pedigree. There is not much taking his team to the next level. 
I think he was, you know, subject to having a good head coach at the time and Tom Coughlin and a stellar defense uh, those two seasons. Um, that being said, illustrious career, quote unquote, um, you know, stands for all the right stuff. Played in a very tough market for a very long time, and um, that is held a tough his, market. It's a very tough, tough market, market for a very long time. He didn't do anything flashy, but he did everything right. And I, I don't know if it's a Hall of Fame career. I mean, Deion Sanders came out today saying that too many guys are getting in the Hall of Fame. I, I wouldn't be against saying that Eli maybe isn't. If Philip Rivers is, Eli has to be. And everybody's been saying that Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's just if you know if you're in the league for a long time and, and play a ton of seasons for the same team, uh, I, I don't know if that gets you in there. I mean, he, I, I want to look up um, like where he ranks on the all-time stats. He's probably top twenty. Yeah, but I mean, passing yards, he's seventh all-time. Wow, that's pretty good, man. Seventh all-time, top ten all-time. Yeah, that's pretty good. Think of all the legendary quarterbacks, man. Seriously. Well, and touchdowns. Okay, you know what? I take it back. I take it back for the research. I mean, he's over, you know, John Elway, Frank Tarkenton, Carson Palmer, Johnny Unitas, Joe Montana for passing touchdowns. I mean, Uh, okay, uh, okay. All right, all right. The guy's in. The guy's in. But let's just say that his career wasn't as... It wasn't flashy. I I just... Right? I don't know if it's like the screenshots of him on the sideline or like his goony uniform or him being a quiet leader. I don't know what it was, but there's something about... Eli Manning that doesn't read NFL quarterback to me. There's something to say about different kinds of leaders in the NFL for sure. Eli just never came off as, you know, he was one of a kind in his leadership style as a longtime quarterback for the New York Giants. And it came off very, very weird. And which is why I don't find him appealing, attractive in any way as to be, you know, this one of these all time greats, but, Stat-wise, he is. The next quarterback in that draft class that we're going to talk about is uh, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers has officially moved on, or the Chargers have moved on from Rivers becoming coming back to the Los Angeles Chargers. So weird to say that um, for the 2020-21 season. Uh, we heard back, uh, the intern Timmy broke to us in the group chat that he bought a house in Florida and sold his house in San Diego, um, which he was commuting to back and forth from San Diego to L.A. the entire time they moved. Did you know that? I we did talked not about know that. You did not know that? Uh-huh. Every day for practice. I mean, he's got nine kids. He can't move all of them. But every day for practice, he drove from San Diego, where he form- like where the team formerly, you know, where he lived with the San Diego Chargers. He drove, which is two and a half on a good day, I'm pretty sure, through traffic, commuting to practice and games in Los Angeles. Let's, let's get it straight. He was driven to practice two hours. Mm. Carson Wentz, working for the Birds, Carson Wentz had a personal driver. The, the guy lived in South Jersey, and he commuted to Philly. So there's, without a doubt, Phillip Rivers had his own personal driver. Um, True. Now, that doesn't make it any better. You still have to sell no. a car for that amount of time, and I mean, the traffic hours is brutal. A, you know, six to eight hours a day? Yeah, yeah, that's that's brutal. And I, I mean, let's just go back to last episode where um, – this Chargers vacancy will be occupied by TB12. And this is the first step in making that happen. I'm not against it at all whatsoever. Here's why I'm against it. Actually, I'm all for it. Here's, <laughs> here is why. It won't happen. It, it, it won't happen. Yeah. Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, in his career, 
spent pretty much the majority of it with one team and then had the same exact scenario in which Tom Brady is in right now and chose to go to the other team and virtually tainted a, a portion of his career because of that. If you look up Joe Namath, if you look up the team that he went to, you look up all his stats in the end, he went off when he was down here, when he could have stayed with the team and left up here. Tom Brady is up here right now. If he goes to the Chargers and starts falling because he doesn't work with the system and it's uh, you know one year and they tank and then the second year they're not doing good again, Tom Brady ends down here. Now you look back on it, Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but his you'll always be also remembered for, dude, he left on a bad note. And I don't know if he wants to do that. And Joe Namath did. And everybody's saying, dude, look at what Joe Namath did. Don't do what he did. Yeah, Joe Namath played for the uh, sorry the Jets, obviously, for about 11 seasons. Then went to the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. An uh, LA team. 77. And he only played four games with uh, 50 completions on 100 attempts. Yeah, there it is, man. <laughs> he was 50%. Like, that's... I'm pretty so, sure. I'm pretty sure, though. Like, I don't think Joe Namath was that good. No, dude. He he was ever. he was a name. He was a name. He was a name he was, for like he had a, three or a lot four of interceptions seasons. in his career. Anyway, uh, I'm here for Brady going to. Oh, the totally for oh, sure. Totally. Um, him wanting to go back to SoCo, I just don't think he'll be able to split from the dynasty, New England, everything there. He said he's okay with it. We will see. Uh, but. Talking about Namath reminded me, and talking about this draft class from, uh, you know, the Eli Ben Rivers draft class. Not Big Ben, but another, probably another most famous Steelers quarterback, Terry Bradshaw. Got some cool news coming on the next podcast. Maybe the one after that, uh, we'll be reviewing exclusively Terry Bradshaw's official bourbon. Ooh. Bourbon review. Got a little plug here. Are you going to uh, ship that up to me? Yeah, yeah we got a little up? connection, um, and uh, we're going to be able to review uh, Terry Bradshaw's bourbon. I'm not sure the exact name, but I got a text today, like, you know, yo, podcast, Steelers fan, Terry Bradshaw. Get the name out there. So uh, listen to what we think about his bourbon in a couple episodes. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, you, you got to ship me up some of that so I can have it here with you guys. Um I'm tired of being left out of these reviews of the liquids that we're trying here. Yeah, like uh, like we were freshmen in college. I'll put it in a little Poland Springs bottle and uh, ship you up a little a little suckle of uh, Terry yeah. Bradshaw's uh, bourbon. A little suckle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's good stuff. So I'm excited uh, for that bourbon. I'm actually not excited, but I'm excited for the bourbon. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a really bad experience with whiskey bourbon, but uh, yeah. I'll try it for the pot. Almost the, like, you just gagged thinking of whatever just happened. I, I did. I, I did. I did. Oh, oh! For those of you who don't know, by the way, um, you know the free parking pod crew has slowly learned this over the amount of time that we've been doing this. But I am the quickest and easiest throw upper in the world. Um, be it a bad drink, be it a smell, be it looking at something. I mean, I can. I, I just. I just. I'll just twelve up. I will just twelve up so easily, man. I just it just happens. It's, it's not cool. I can't believe we're talking this on the podcast right now. The perfect time though for a quick little plug. Uh, everybody, please head over to freeparkingpod.com and check out our squad locker store. Some awesome stuff always available. We wear it basically every single day. The entire yes, crew sir. has it on them. Um, joggers sweatshirts crew necks t-shirts baseball tees hats 
You name it, it's on there. Um, Squad Locker runs a ton of promos. We always blast them out when they have the deals going on and uh, gear up for the rest of this winter. New Jersey's got, what, January, February, March still left in the winter? I mean, yep. down here we're still rocking, we're rocking cutoffs and, and, the, and the free parking shorts, but uh, you guys need it up there. So go ahead and check it out and uh, rep the brand. Absolutely. And Dave, let's not forget about our limited time logos that we release here. We recently have the blackout logo that we have blasted out. A few people actually, arguably our hottest item that we've sold so far is the blackout logo. I would agree. With very little promo behind it, which is the fault of us, but very little promo behind it. People are finding it because they like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I know more than a few people who purchased the blackout logo expect a pink logo, all pink for uh, Breast Cancer and Cancer Awareness Month in October, uh, coinciding with the NFL season, which will be doing fantastic. A, doing a little uh, camo eventually for uh, possibly Memorial Day, 4th of July time. Yeah, so 4th, right of Ju- blue. 4th of July Memorial Day. I, I, dude, 4th of July Memorial Day, American flag logo. <laughs> Labor Day, Labor gonna, Day and Veterans uh, Day, the camo logo. Oh, my God. I'm going to blow oh, those man. out, man. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. So last little subject I have the podcast tonight is, uh, dude, some hockey talk. I'm always talking hockey. I got to talk about it tonight. And the one thing I want to talk about, two things I want to talk about. One's a cool little piece of exciting news, which I just geek over. Um, So we may actually have the name for the new NHL expansion franchise in Seattle. Not officially announced yet. Not announced yet, but leaked that the new name of the Seattle franchise will be the Seattle Kraken. Dude, when? How have I not heard about them? What? It just happened today. It just happened this afternoon, dude. I follow some insiders. Dude. Yeah. No, the Kraken, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Do we have any insight on what the arena is going to look like? Any? Well, the cool thing is the Kraken. Another cool thing is that the arena may be sponsored by Amazon. That's the leader in the clubhouse right now. I know. I know. I know. Oh. It might be Amazon. That's sick kind of hesitant about the colors that i'm hearing for this. Ah. like when you think of kraken as well as seattle seattle i'm picturing the blue and green mm-hmm. obviously right yep. the earth colors yep kraken being a, a monster of the sea i'm also mixing in some black kraken maybe some purple mm-hmm. right maybe something like that i'm hearing right now that the seattle kraken will be uh red no black nope and a Light turquoise. Nope. Like a sea foam. I know. That's I like, know. That's dude. like ESHL. I know. Like some NHL random shit that like makes a yeah, makes jersey. a uniform on a jersey, man. Ooh. I don't dude. know. Adidas has done I a Adidas, Adidas. I trust Adidas, dude. Adidas has done a fantastic job with yeah. NHL uniforms here uh in these past couple seasons. They've rolled out a ton of alternates. I hope. I hope. I thought Vegas was going to be bad, right? The gold and red with them. I, I didn't think I'd like it. They're one of the nicer uniforms in the league as well. Uh-huh. So I'm going to trust it. Maybe it's even wrong, but Seattle Kraken is a name. Pretty sick. Two things here, Deez. One, we all see, we've all seen what the New Jersey Devils jerseys look like with black, red, and green. That looks awful. So throwing turquoise in there, dude, I don't like that at all. Second thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Penguins have virtually the same exact colors. Yeah. Why can't the Seattle and Kraken the do the same? And, and the Pirates, they all have the same exact colors. Why can't the Kraken just copy the Seattle Seahawks colors? I think that's perfect for that. That would be disgusting NHL. That would be sick, dude. It'd it's be a pretty th- interesting topic you brought up because Philadelphia 
Pittsburgh, New York, a couple other cities have three or more sports teams. And Pittsburgh is one of those cities, obviously, me being a Steelers fan, kind of knows closer. Um, those are actually the city colors. Okay. Black, yellow, and uh, and actually a light blue is mixed into the the, the colors of the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I don't have the full backstory of why they all are black and yellow still. I know the Steelers were called the Pirates at one point. Um, hmm. There's a lot of history there, but regardless, they're one of the only cities, they're actually the only city to ever do it. Hmm. Think of any other major sports city that has multiple teams. I mean, Philly, they're all off the charts. Red, white, and blue. Green, Dallas, and white. Dallas, they're different. Dallas is different. Houston's different. New York's different. New York's different. Miami's different. Like, even uh-huh. two sports cities. No city really does it. Arizona. Minnesota. Arizona. Minnesota's different. Arizona's similar. Baseball. Similar, only hockey. two teams, though. I really won't go for it. Okay, okay. Yeah, what is it? It's more of a maroon. Card the oh. Arizona's got three teams. Phoenix Suns, which are so different. No, 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 no. Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Oh, oh, Diamondbacks are kind of red. Diamondbacks are red. Coyotes are red, and the Cardinals are red. Okay, okay. Now they're not all the same. Like the, not like all the same. Not the same red, or even the same city. Okay. Coyotes playing Glendale. Okay. Close. Wah, wah, wah. Close though. Good. Anyway, Close. Kraken. I think they should have went with the the blue, um, the blue and green motif, along with the Sounders, along with the Mariners, along with the Seahawks. Dude, they could be the next city that does it. If they went with that color scheme you you mentioned, man. Ah, dude, that would be a shame. Honestly, that would be a I, shame. And then to go back to the name too, I like the Kraken. Uh, I think it's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. To be honest, uh, something different that the league like, hasn't seen. I feel like the crest could be pretty cool in the jersey, but the kraken is actually a mythological cl- creature. Um, a relative, mytholo- <laughs> mythological clip. Myth- a, mytho- a mythological creature uh, that is native to Scandinavia. It actually, the, the kraken were to reside between Greenland and Norway. So for them to what? travel all the way across the you know, Arctic Circle to Washington, Alaska, Canada area, Vancouver. I just, I don't really see it, but anyway. I think you're looking into it too much there. But I also didn't know it was a Scandinavian creature. Yeah, I think it's like a Viking. It's like a Viking monster. I thought it was a pirate thing. No, it started up there. Yeah. Interesting. Good to know. Yeah. Hey, appreciate that. Thank you. What is something new? Yeah. All right, so anyway, enough of my nerdy uh, NHL uniform talk. Uh, All-Star game was this weekend. Not the Pro Bowl. Forget about the Pro Bowl. But the NHL All-Star game was this weekend. I don't know. We don't have to dive too deep into this. Skills competition was cool. They had one weird competition thing at the end. Uh, it was called the Shooting Stars, which was a new event this year in the skills competition. They actually took NHL players off their skates, out of their pads, and actually walked them up into the crowd to shoot pucks at targets on the ice from the mezzanine, like from the concourse. Like at the Wells Fargo Center, I'm trying to picture exactly. I mean, it'd be it'd be at one of the end caps. There's no real um, Cadillac Grill. No, what's the one? We we I have a video of uh, all the free parking guys standing there. Anyway, they shot from the from the the you know from the stands. Val- yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, that's so dangerous. <laughs> they had nets everywhere. My feedback from it was they had weird like obstacle uh, goals like set up on the ice where the one main target was huge right in the center for the most points so like they had like little tiny dots in the corners for like two and four and they had this huge st louis arch because the all-star game was st louis for 10 
So everybody just aimed for that. So there wasn't much to it. It was just like a shooting competition for one target. It wasn't like a strategy type skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the three-on-three wins. That was so that was so a exciting. very exciting piece that yeah. they implemented. Into Correct. This. Good way to bring that up, Jim. The other uh, new piece to the All-Star game this year was a three-on-three is the new format for the NHL All-Star games, right? Each division plays against each other, three-on-three format. This year for the skills competition, during kind of like their intermission period, they brought in the U.S. best women players and the best Canadian women's players to play a two-half three-on-three game against each other. And it it was electric. I think it's one of those. It's it truly is. Other than probably women's soccer, um, and you know, they're they're two of the premier women's sports out there right now. Yeah, the NHL uh, is definitely doing it right. With they're so doing it right, bringing awareness to the women's side of hockey. And I mean, they look like they had a great time interacting with all the players and the fans. And it was they put on a show. They. Threw some threw some checks around, had some nice highlight reel goals, and it was it was exciting all around. And it's, it's exciting to see that the expansion um, into these women's sports uh, to the Big Four. Um, it's it's awesome to see, and and they did it right. And I think it's only going to be upwards and upward and upward. And you said really like you said it perfectly. I think that the NHL is kind of a pioneer in incorporating, you know, the yes. the men's big four sport and the the women's version of that big four sport mm-hmm. together. Where you know the WNBA was was at the forefront of that for a long time, but I think the NHL is kind of eclipsing them now. The NHL doesn't have a league like WNBA does, right? They don't they don't um, you know negotiate their TV deals together, similar to the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour, right? Things like that, but the way that they're featuring these premier players on uh, a grand stage, the way they're marketing them, the way they're interacting them with their core stars, like to have you know um, the, the the best in the world sitting next to Patrick Kane yeah. as they do that, you know Hillary Knight and Patrick Kane doing that same All Star Game competition, the shooting stars when I talked about together, mm-hmm. you know helmets off, kind of being humans. That's, that's it's cool. cool. It's it's really cool, and it's talk about growing the game. I mean, I, you know, women's golf is definitely growing the game with with young females. Um, the WNBA has been doing it for years, but growing the game in terms of women's hockey, ladies' hockey, I think the NHL is doing an excellent job. And eventually, eventually, I think we'll see. There is a, a national women's hockey league, the NWHL, um, that kind of started in the Northeast um, a couple years back for them to play beyond the Olympics, beyond college, because that's really all you you know you've seen on TV. I think we'll see the NHL probably in the next couple of years um, acquire that business, that league, and kind of make it their own because, or create their own version, you know, from scratch because um, it's awesome to watch. Bottom line, for sure. Absolutely. If you're true hockey fans, it's almost like if you're a true golf fan, right? Like you, if you're a golf fan or a basketball fan, like you're going to keep it on, you know, it, for, for those folks who aren't too invested in the women's game already, for Jim and I, who are huge hockey guys, if there's hockey on tonight, I mean, right now we're watching the uh, National Predators versus the Washington Capitals. Do I have any stake in this game right now? No. Do I, you know, do I care? Yeah, because it's a hockey game. If, if, if there was a national women's game on right now with, with Team USA on, you bet me we watch it's it. It's on. It's on. Yeah. So to capitalize on that market of you know the extreme hockey fans plus be able to put an amazing piece of content out there, um, they're doing it right. Bottom line. Yeah, I've always felt, you know, and what really opened my eyes to it was gritty. But the NHL is always they're kind of a trendsetter, man. 
they, they really are like in a lot of different ways. Um, I couldn't give you specific examples right off the top of my head right now, but if you go through their, their profile, you'll see specific things that no other league has done yet. Um, or no other league has tried to get into yet. And I'm not saying the NHL is responsible for, you know, influencing other leagues, but they do things that other leagues don't do. And it's respectable and commendable. And the right way too, like they're not gimmicky. In yeah. what they do, right? Like yeah. the NFL will go out and like, you know, for the Pro Bowl, they're wearing neon jerseys or, you know, the skills competition in the Pro Bowl, they're like throwing through weird targets or playing dodgeball. And it's kind of tacky, right? To a point, it's like either childish or you kind of can tell what they're getting at. But the NHL does it in like a classic, honorable, what's the word I'm looking for? Not trend setting, but um, when I picture modern. the NHL, what's that? Modern. Modern. I picture them like the NHL is like the Apple. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm with you, man. I know. You know I, mean? I know the Apple. We're like you, you open up an Apple box and it's like that white crispy box, you know exactly what you're getting inside, a sleek phone with the covering on top of it. Like that entire th- like when I open up an NHL game, like I feel like they put a presentation together kind of like that where there's not like not a lot of frills, but it's just Right. Dude, I'm right. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Yo, real quick, while we're on an NHL, you mentioned Amazon being a potential arena yeah. sponsor for the Kraken team. Um, dude, with Amazon's HQ being in Seattle too, that arena will probably be insane. And you know what I picture, Deves, is you know how Nike with uh Oregon gives mm-hmm. them a fresh jersey every time mm-hmm. or something, dude. I picture Amazon giving like developing some kind of stadium that can on the inside. Dude, like, dude, could you imagine the technology in that stadium? I mean, you've seen the like dude. the videos of the the supermarkets that are Amazon's creating in Seattle, where you can like walk in, grab stuff, and it just charges your phone out of your wallet, like charges your. <laughs> dude. Could you imagine that stadium? That dude, that the, the ice is gonna zamboni stadium. itself. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's gonna be an experience in and of itself. That stadium, especially if, if Amazon gets a hold of that dude, talk about trend setting, man. Whether I mean, it's in that stadium or I'm thinking to like e-commerce, like the Amazon site as well. Like it's kind of tough sometimes with these licensing deals to acquire team gear on Amazon. Now that they, you know, had a majority stake, not a majority stake, but they were that invested in the team. I mean, dude, does Bezos own the team and the arena and like, dude, like, well, you've seen those stats. Bezos can own, like, I think Bezos could buy like uh-huh. 75 franchises out of the big four, like right yeah. now. But, but like, but still, like, why not? It's why in not? his backyard, bro. Well, the team has an investment group already. Like, that's already settled, the the investment group. But yet, no, wh- why not put your put your name on that stadium? I mean, you're a huge company already, right? Like, Apple's not on a stadium. But just that brand awareness and that, uh, I guess, company loyalty to the area that they got started in. Um, and then, the like you like we just talked about, the, you know, the ingenuity and kind of the the petri dish you could use that stadium as in terms of technology um dude the dude i picture amelie arena like the apple arena or the amazon um the amazon icebox or like dude something sick like just all these crazy ideas in my head like working like i said what that arena would nickname uh, would be and stuff like and i'm just picturing the stuff inside like you said like we were talking about like you being able to walk in and grab concessions and just like just walk out but it knows because your tickets on your phone and your tickets back to your credit card and it just all of a sudden pings you for a 25 dollars beer like you know what i mean <laughs> Dude, I I love it, man. I love or, being cutting edge, man. I'm, cutting I'm edge. so about cutting it. Edge. Like you're so there, dude. It. You're sitting in your seat and you you forget to order paper towels 
for for home or something, right? Like you're there with your family and your wife's like, oh, no, honey, we forgot to order. Like I needed to order a curtain or somebody's there not paying attention during intermission. They need to buy something. And there's Amazon lockers set up there where some some guy just shuffles in on your way out. You're picking up your groceries that you ordered there in the stadium on the app. One touch click. The the dreams and the ideas, man. We should be on that committee, man. Oh, what was that? <laughs> that was my Apple phone. That might oh, do screen protection from Amazon. Fantastic. Hey. Yo, Deep, so real quick before we wrap everything up here, I yep. just want to talk about um, other than the uh, – well, let's just get in the two teams that we have in Philly right now that are going pretty good, um, Flyers and the Sixers. Sixers are hot right now, brother. Um, ben Simmons is really starting to come too. Um, his shot is still questionable. Um, he's got to take it. Um, however, with Joel Embiid on the court, dude, last night, that yeah, they're just a force, man. So hopefully they can continue that. Um, halfway through the season right now, so that's looking good. Um, Flyers, Deeps, what's the what's the state of the state of the franchise in the Flyers? Jim and I keep joking, man. So the Flyers, um, their last game was what Wednesday before the All Star break, Tuesday before the All Star break. It was, it was the All Star game was 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 this Saturday, January twenty fifth, I guess. Um, the Flyers haven't played for maybe ten days. Yeah, eleven days. Once they get back, it'll be ten days on Friday. It'll be ten days on Friday. This is podcast. Dude, I've seen tweets going out like, "Does anybody know what happened to the Flyers? Like, who <laughs> are? The, remember, remember those Flyers? Remember, remember those guys that one time? Like, that's how it feels right now. Even I walked in. What's the first thing I said to you when I walked in today? I was like, "Where the Flyers where been, the Flyers man? Been? Like, because that's like uh, kind of our night. Uh, before then, though, they were playing. I honestly don't remember. Well, they beat the Bruins, the Capitals, the Penguins, Penguins, the Blues. They beat all the top teams, and then they lose the Canadians, which is a typical Flyers. That's right. That was then. That was then. But, uh, I mean, they're, they, they've beaten the best of the best. So, uh, if they can make a push for the playoffs, watch out for them. Get hot are at the we right gonna be? Are we a fringe team this year, or are we a, a first-round playoff win team? Everybody uh, every right now is a fringe team. Yeah. Uh, it's Dude, separated by... The league a couple days ago before the All Star break, Justin, the it's broken down right now. They're around like the fifty five point mark. Like eight teams had separated by like a point. We're separated at one point. They had fifty six or fifty seven points. Like eight teams, all like that were like the two wild cards, and everybody else below them were separated separated yeah. by two points. So, like Jim said, everybody's a bubble team right now, um, and I think that second half of the season we're really going to see mm-hmm. what this is. It, uh, is it a toss up this year? They have the the league in general. The, yeah, the league in general. There's no true favorite. Yeah, no, no. So Presidents but, Cup is still up in the air. Yeah, but wow. the Flyers, I think, have the second easiest remaining schedule. They only have to travel out of the Eastern Time Zone once to Dallas, I think, maybe once, and then they're East Coast and. And for the first time in a while, I think that we're truly buyers. Like I think we've been a French team for a very long time, and that's what like got me so frustrated. I mean, I think even the beginning of our podcast, right, the first couple, we were just. I think I went off on the Flyers and how they were been a French team for such a long time, and you can't tell if they're buyers or sellers at the trade deadline, right? And a buyers, somebody's making a postseason push, and a seller is somebody who's dishing off assets to you know get ready for the next year. And this year, for the first time in a very long time, I think they're poised themselves to be buyers at yeah. the trade deadline. And I've seen rumors that they that they are. Whether that's moving a you know an asset they have a stockpile of like defenseman right now like moving possibly Shane Gossespierre um, for some some heavier forward power um, or you know moving a, a young defenseman um, like Robert Hag uh, Gossespierre's been the biggest Gossespierre's name. been the biggest name but moving one of those guys to acquire um, you know a bigger name even even some 
some smaller deals where we could trade picks and money for. Uh, I saw Getzlaff was yeah. in the rumors. Yeah. Big, veteran big veteran presence to make a postseason push. Who's the been there so before? Young now, so the team's need, so young, they so they need, need some guy like that. Yeah. So anyway, my talk about the Flyers is our talk about the Flyers is they were hot before the break. TK had a pretty decent All Star game with a couple couple points, three assists. I think they're rested and uh, with an easy travel schedule. Moving forward, I mean, I talked about the beginning of the season. They got pummeled with travel, going from the Czech Republic to Western Canada to back-to-back road home games. Um, I think this team will settle in, and uh, I think Chuck Fletcher is poised to buy. I love that, Deves. Another thing, too, that I was thinking about is what better of a way to end the season with a young team than confidence boosting with an easy schedule um, heading into playoffs. Downhill. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Down, so, no. um, the hardest um, has already happened. That's what I was getting at with the travel. Like, the hardest has already happened, and if they're right. playing well with the hardest already have, have occurred, especially losing a player to, um, you know, to to sickness like uh, Limblom. Um, Nolan Patrick's been out for a really long time. So, if you know, I don't know if Patrick's ever going to get back this season, but if they've been through these hardships already, then we acquire a key piece. Then their schedule gets easier, and they're already playing decent. They've already beat some of the top teams in the league so far. It, could be, it could be a snowball effect, man. It could really be a snowball effect. Carter Hart gets yeah. his legs under him. Dude, I, I'm kind of yeah. getting just amped up. You can hear it in my voice just I'm, talking about it. I'm with you, bro. And now is a great time for this veteran guys that are on the team, Giroux, Voracek, um, Couturier. Now's the time for them to step up and carry this team and say, boys, this is where we develop the confidence. This is where we start rolling and becoming that big snowball that's going to make a huge splash in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about this Flyers team, man. I got my polo on right now. It's kind of underneath here. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm so ready to roll. Philly sports between NBA and NHL. I mean, we're, we're rocking and rolling in Philly right now. Cool things coming from Philly sports. Uh, in Florida, Flyers are down here playing the Tampa Bay Lightning December – sorry, February 15th. Mm-hmm. 15th? 15th. 15th, 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 February 15th. And then uh, Philly spring training very right soon, the, 20 weeks. minutes away from our place. Love Very, it. I keep seeing Harper Post and dude, they're ready. They're going until we're not going to talk about them right now. Yeah. But yeah. Saying, Philly sports. I'm amped up. Yo, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. What a good way to end. You got me all, uh, <laughs> man. All right. Well, boys, no peer review. Uh, SIDS. We got, we got a SIDS. No SIDS. No SIDS. Dude, this was too good. This is a solid pod, man. I'm, I'm fired up right now, man. And Hey, guess what? We're going to be great tomorrow too. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be even better on the next pod too. Listeners, if you're interested in more free parking content, don't forget to go over to all the major platforms just like you're listening to us now and head over to listen to Brandon Hammond's Next Up, a free parking podcast spinoff where he focuses on life and the impact of sports that it can have on you moving forward. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out our website, freeparkingpod.com, uh, and us on all the social platforms. And uh, again, thanks for being here. We got nothing and, uh, to lose, got nothing to lose. Boy, I'm doing good. How about you?